Hi, welcome to Hospitality Live with Rupesh. Each week, we feature an industry leader that will share the latest trends and the best strategies to help you grow. Now, welcome your host, Rupesh Patel. What's up, everybody? How do I turn this off? How do I turn this off? All right, I'm turning it off. I'm turning it off. Got it. Got it. All right, there it is. Boom. Hey, how you guys doing? Today is April 14th. This is episode number 85. Guys, comment. Let me know where you're watching from. Today's episode is awesome. Um, I'm excited uh, that I had a chance to speak with Chip Rogers yesterday. He's not live today because he's on a plane last minute yesterday or this past two days. He was like, hey, I can't make your show live, but I'm going to join um, I want to make sure that you, you know, we we let the audience know what's going on uh, in our industry. And so yesterday morning, I actually interviewed him live, and we're gonna re- we're gonna pl- replay that live on the show this morning. But before we do that, I want to know where people are watching from. So guys, comment, let me know where you're watching from. I'm gonna bring you up on to the not to the stage, but like I'm gonna post where you are. All right, here we go: Minnesota, Algeria, Spain, on a train. <laughs> Uh, where, who else? Philippines, Atlanta, India, uh, Massachusetts in the house, Chicago's in the house, Canada's in the house, India, Mississippi, Canada, Denver, Alabama. Welcome. Good morning, guys. Good morning, everybody that's joining the show this morning. This is episode number number 85. God, I can't believe it's already been 85 weeks and we're halfway through April. This is this is crazy. Like I feel like this year is just gonna be flying by. And you know, as our industry picks up and as things get busier. I think it's going to be even faster as we just fly through this year. We're talking to the CEO of the American Hotel and Lodging Association. We're going to find out what Chip has to say about the labor issues that all of us are facing um, as we try to reopen our hotels and we see a boom in occupancy. So my thing is, is this summer going to be a boom or a bust? And, And guys, comment. Let me know if you think it's going to be a boom or a bust in your city. I would love to learn. Good morning to Michigan. Good morning from uh, to Orlando in the house. Alabama, Dallas, UK. I love it. Guys, did you know I was born in the UK? Ah, I guess I bet you didn't know that. I've been here all my life. But yeah, I moved to America when I was six months old. And I still have a lot of family in the UK. So shout out to UK. Uh, all right, we got Johannesburg. I love this. Ontario. Um Love it, guys. Comment. Let me know where you're watching from. We're going to also discover if when business travel is coming back. So Chip's going to explain uh, what he thinks, his prediction on when uh, business travel is going to come back and how it's going to come back, right? Also, we're going to discuss uh, ways to prevent your hotel from being sued. We also talked about that. We talked about a lot of different things. I'm super excited. Like I said, Chip Rogers is on a plane right now. Um, so we recorded his episode Um yesterday morning, but we're going to replay the whole thing. Guys, this episode, somebody put this in the comments. This episode is brought to you by smartguests.com. Guys, go to smartguests.com. Somebody put that in the comments. Like I say, uh, Smart Guests helps hotels improve their operations, marketing, reviews, guest service scores with over 50 tools to help you drive revenues and make your guests happy and become loyal guests. Go to www.smartguests.com with an S at the end and create a free account and you'll see you'll see over 50 tools that can help you improve your reviews. I mean, you know, I've, I 
I've been talking about this for years now and reviews are really important for your hotel. If you want to get more reviews, there's over 20 tools just to help you get more reviews and ask for them, right? Somebody go to Smart Guest. Somebody put that in the comments. And thank you so much to Smart Guest. Here's a screenshot of the uh, website. Uh, thank you so much for Smart Guest for making this show happen. All right. So every week I talk about mindset. And it's super important that we keep ourselves going and we keep everybody else around us going as we grow our business and as we get um, back to business. And my mindset this week, I actually posted about it this morning, but I've been thinking about it all week, um, is, you know, when someone's super successful, like you see their hotel fully occupied, they're at 103% occupancy because they cleaned that extra two, three rooms uh, when that person checked out early. Um, you know how that happens. You know how you do that. Uh, but, you know, and you're in hotels not. Or when you see this person that got a raise, they got a new car, they got a house, they got something, and you automatically, you know, in life, you're like, oh, I'm so jealous that they got this. But here's my mindset this week. I said, when someone's doing well, just be happy for them, right? And I think that's powerful when you can think about uh, being happy for others because guess what? When you're happy for others, it also makes you happy. So for me, that's my mindset. Like I see people doing amazing and I'm so happy for them. But their happiness and what they're doing in life is not my goals. And, you know, for me, it's no jealousy. It's not, I'm not judging them, right? And I'm not hating. I'm just so happy for them. And that's kind of the mindset that we should live by as we all continue to grow our, our, our mindset and just our lives. And, and that's part of being successful is just being happy. And if anybody agrees, hit the like button right now and, and comment if you've had to change. Because in the past, I'd be like, oh, this person, you know, what are they doing? Like, how are they doing all this stuff? And I would like start judging them and I would start like thinking about like all these negative things, which didn't do any good for anybody, especially your own self. And that just puts you in like into this bad, you know, part of your life. And I, and I cut all that. Out. I'm just happy for people that are doing well and that are moving forward. And if you're successful, hey, I'm happy for you. You got a new house, I'm happy for you. You got something, I'm happy for you. If you need help, come to me, I'll help you, right? And that's what we're here to do. So I'm super, that's my mindset this week. All right, so every week we bring on what's, uh, what's going on in hospitality and travel. Here's Hi, I'm Sarah Dandeshi from Ask the Concierge. Every week I'll be sharing the latest hospitality and travel news and updates in a segment we like to call Hospitality Minutes. What's up, Sarah? What's up? Always so great being on. How are you doing? Good. By the way, love your mindset today. Totally agree with you because it's so easy to get caught up in that comparison trap, especially because we live on our phones. We're on our phones and it's so easy to see the highlight reel of everybody's lives. And it's like, just chill. Know that like people, everybody should, you know, we all rise together. So I love that you shared that. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I really, I made a mistake. I forgot to share, I, I forgot to share this. Uh, I forgot to share your the screen. Hang on a second. That's let, me, okay. let me bring your presentation up. What's going on? Okay. In my Sarah? What's happening? Okay, cool. That wasn't a mistake. Oh my gosh. Don't be so hard on yourself. All right. I'm usually prepared for this stuff. And now like I have windows popping up all over the place. Everything's happening. It's okay. All right. All right. Um, what's going on? All right. Let's go ahead and dive into the hospitality minute. Um, Exciting things, guys, uh, especially for those of us uh, based in the in the U.S. There's a lot that's happening. Um, one big thing, and I do a shout out to my city where I am based. I'm based in Los Angeles. Los Angeles is to become the first U.S. city to reach this uh, a health and safety milestone. So for those that have been following uh, Forbes Travel Guide, they have partnered with ShareCare to develop 
ShareCare Verified, which is this comprehensive verification process for health security within hotels. Now, what Los Angeles has done is that they have actually put themselves on track so that all hotels within Los Angeles with 50 rooms or more, which by the way, is a, that's a lot of hotels, um, are going to comply with these public health guidelines. So um, since all of these hotels are going to meet basically all of the health guidelines by April 30th, that is going to make Los Angeles the first U.S. city to officially be share care verified uh, later this month, which is very, very exciting. So again, it's just going to show that, you know, we've got tourism boards that are really kind of stepping behind uh, everyone to get that consumer comfortable with traveling, especially in these larger destinations. So uh, kudos to everybody. And by the way, the first international destination, um, I believe is Cabo as well too. So really exciting to see. All right. Um, Moving on, New York is announced that they are lifting their quarantine and testing requirements for international travelers. Now, this is interesting because obviously the travel ban is still not totally lifted, um, you know, from places like the EU and all that. But uh, for those that have been following or are based in New York, they have had a very strict um, uh, quarantine and um, and arrival process for their for all travelers even domestically um, but now they are going to be going ahead and lifting those requirements for inbound international travelers now keep in mind um, if you are coming in you still are required to comply with the CDC requirements and have proof of a negative test result just that's to get in the country no matter what um, but one of the reasons why they did this is FYI, um, in New York, one in four New Yorkers is fully vaccinated. So again, we are seeing this strong um, correlation between a vaccination percentage and um, how much a city or an area is opening up. Um, okay, moving along. This is kind of cool. American Airlines has, is has just announced that they are pulling all of their planes from storage. So if they're pulling their planes from storage, what does that mean? That basically means that they are expecting everything to continue booming. As what uh, Rupesh was saying, boom or bust, I'm all I'm all for team boom. <laughs> okay, all for team boom. So um, they've gone ahead and they are basically starting to pull out all of their planes. Now, although capacity is still down 40% compared to 2019 numbers, bookings just last week um, through AA.com as well as American Airlines app are up 150 to 400% compared to last year. Now, obviously last year, 2020, things were very much down, but um, things are looking up. And after seeing sort of the spring holidays, things are just continuing to rise. So definitely a really good, um, it, it's it's boding very well. Um, all right, so now on to our last topic for today. Okay, so a new survey suggests that the majority of people want to travel internationally. Now, I don't know about you, but if you guys are listening, let us know in the comments, are you ready to travel internationally now? Are you there yet? I personally, I got to travel internationally. I also got to go to Mexico, which is technically international, even though it feels very close. I'm so ready. Um, so there was actually a survey that was conducted and they found that an overwhelming 95% of those surveyed would consider traveling internationally once restrictions are lifted. 87% have a strong desire to travel internationally right now. That's almost 90, 90%. That's huge. Now, this was the one thing that was interesting. The main reason why respondents would like to travel 
is surprising. It's not for the traditional vacation. They actually want to visit family and friends outside of their own respective countries. So um, very interesting to put that all into perspective. But there you have it. That is it for today's Hospitality Minute. Hopefully you learned something new. That I is there. Where would you go? Where would you fly to if you were flying international? Like what's your first trip? Ooh, first like internet. Okay. So to bring everybody up to speed that might not know, now keep in mind, I did go to Portugal earlier this year and I have been to Mexico. Um, so for that, for reference, um, that's a good question. I mean, I'm like, would I go to someplace new? Like I've been, I've had Morocco or Turkey on my list for quite some time. Um, or I might, you know, maybe even something, yeah, I'll just stick with that. Morocco or Turkey. I would, love, I would love to learn where people, if you're watching, like, would you travel internationally right now? And um, and where would you go? That's what I would love to know. I, I see a lot of people like, oh, I'm planning for like end of the year or later this summer. And I think this summer, I mean, for me, I'm predicting this because it's, this is a boom summer. Like it's going to be like crazy. Um, we just went to Park City, or we went to Deer Valley in Park City yeah. in February, right? Yeah. And the prices oh. have tripled for next year. Tripled for next year. And you're, there's no like COVID savings anymore, like you saw last summer. Like, oh, I can jump on a flight for like fifty bucks or thirty-five dollars and fly to New York City. That's not happening, guys. So you know, here's a here's a, a tip. Like if you're, if we have occupancies going up too, but make sure your rates are in line with the demand. It's coming, be ready for it. And I think there's some people that are ready for it. I think, uh, all right, so people are saying Morocco, Aruba. I was considering Aruba, I think I'm still considering it this summer. Uh, people Ooh. are saying Paris, South Africa, I love it. That's Israel. so many awesome places. Israel, I I, yeah, you know what? I think there's a lot of people that are going to be traveling domestically and internationally as soon as they get vaccinated or as soon as they feel very comfortable. Uh, Sarah, it's always a pleasure having you. And by the way, we just announced yesterday, and, and um, we haven't announced it like officially. This is the official uh, announcement. This is the official uh, announcement. We're yes. doing our next boot camp. It is, I forgot the date, Sarah. It is April 4th, 5th, and 6th. That is a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or not, April, May. May 4th, 5th, 6th. I think so, you said maple. I think you said maple. Maple. I said maple. <laughs> that sounds about right. It's not even 7 a.m. here. Okay, come on. <laughs> Guys, we're doing a social media boot camp, maple 4th, 5th, and 6th. <laughs> During yeah. the day, actually, it's a like a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday for an yeah. hour each day. So if you want to boost your social media presence, you want to get a better following, you want to post better as far as your content, you got to join our live boot camp. Uh, go to Rupesh. Well, let me see if I can pull it up. I even got the website saying, right, here it is. It's Rupesh.co bootcamp. Sign up now. Uh, yes. Be one of the first to join. Um, and really, this is the first time we're even talking about it. So be one of the first to join. And uh, we're going to give something extra to those folks that are actually joining this. Uh, Sarah, you're like, what are we giving? I've been excited. bonuses out that are going to be above and beyond what we usually do. And, and those people that sign up, like I would say like the first 15 or 20 people that sign up, I'm going to give them something extra um, on top of what you already get, on top of the one-on-one -on -one conversations that you get with Sarah, and we answer your texts and your messages and, and DMs um, even after you're done with our boot camp and you get to replay the entire thing. I'm super excited to have this and host this again because it's 
helped me get to 46,000 followers here on LinkedIn. And for you, over 125, 27,000 verified followers on um, Instagram and, and everywhere else. So we're going to be sharing our best tools and all of those things. Uh, Sarah, it's always a pleasure. Where can people find you? Oh, always a pleasure to be on. So yeah, you guys can find me everywhere online um, as Ask a Concierge. So my main playground, as I like to say, is Instagram. Uh, but you can also obviously connect with me here on LinkedIn as uh, Sarah Dandeshi. But find me online, send me a message. Let me know that you're following me and where you found me from. Um, I do check my DMs. So slide into them and uh, let's connect. <laughs> it's always a pleasure having you on. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. <laughs> By the way, Sarah's on every week with the Hospitality Minute on the show. So uh, guys, if you're not following her on LinkedIn, click that follow button and connect with her and send her a DM too. She answers them like this. Like when do you go to sleep, Sarah? Um, we, yeah, I think I'm on like four hours of sleep right now. So, you know, I, I do my thing. I doze. I doze. <laughs> well, after the show, I'll see you on Clubhouse, right? Yes, you will. We'll continue the party there. Thanks, Sarah. All right. Thanks. All right, guys. All right, so we were going to have Chip Rogers on. Unfortunately, he is not able to join us live. However, we did record, and thank you so much to Chip for being on. He was like, I can't make it because I'm flying to a, a city. And and, um, and let me see if I can pull up the conversation that Chip and I had yesterday. It was awesome. We had like 25 minutes of like amazing conversation. And this is all these things he's talking about is affecting your hotel today and into the future. And so we're going to talk about all the things that are that, that matter to our, our business. And we'll find out what's happening in Washington, D.C. right now and how he's supporting legislation for our hotels to open back up and to get some funding. So let's talk. Let's see what this conversation is about. All right, guys, super excited. This episode, we're talking to Chip Rogers. We're talking about what's happening in the industry right now. Let's bring up up and find out what summer is going to look like. Hey, Chip, welcome <laughs> to the show again. Rupesh, always good to be with you. Uh, this is a, You do an outstanding job. I know the show is growing dramatically, so congratulations on that. Thank you. It's been fun just inspiring people. And we've all been through a challenging year last year, and this year looks even more challenging with different challenges. So I want to know what's going on in the industry. Chip, welcome to the show. If you guys don't know, Chip is the president and CEO of the American Hotel and Lodging Association. He brings support and advocacy and you know has supported the entire industry this entire time as we've all struggled. Now, Chip, what's happening right now as we recover? So back in January, I got that question a lot like, hey, what's 2021 going to look like? And I reminded people that probably the first half of 2021 or at least January through uh, about April or May, was going to look really rough because travel had not resumed yet um, and that we would see late spring break uh, summer travel really begin to pick up and that's exactly what we have seen now we've got to keep this in mind of what's actually happening this is enormous pent-up demand for leisure travel this is not white-collar business travel um, as i've noted on many other interviews and i'll say it again here with you until urban city centers open up and large office buildings open up and people start returning to work, you're not going to see that business travel like we've normally seen it in the past. And that's absolutely necessary for our industry after Labor Day. So come mid-September onward, we've got to have that business travel. But right now, the leisure travel, no question about it, it is percolating quite well. 
And we're seeing a really interesting trend, Rupesh, that we haven't seen before. And that is the weekend travel in many large cities, the weekend occupancy rates are significantly higher than the weekday occupancy rates. Um, in New York City, for example, uh, during the middle of the week, they're running 45% occupancy. During the weekends, they're running over 60% occupancy. Um, if you take a look at a place like New Orleans, the, it, it's even a larger gap, 42% midday, midweek, over 73% on the weekends for occupancy rates. Same things are happening in places like Miami and Los Angeles. And so that weekend travel, that leisure travel is doing quite well right now. Middle of the week, business travel is still struggling. Yeah, and they're talking about pent-up demand. We talked about it last year at the end of the year saying when the, when everyone gets vaccinated, there's going to be this huge rush. And we saw it here in Florida as a spring break was just crazy, and especially down in Miami. They had to shut down the city at 8 p.m. because it was so packed and the streets were just going wild. And and I feel like there is that pent-up demand across the nation. What is your meaning that occupancy is going to go to an all-time high? And certainly rates are not there yet because rates follow occupancy. But uh, summer travel, especially in places like Florida, is going to be very strong. I, too, was in Florida last week, took a, took a quick break where I got to chaperone my uh, high school senior son and eight of his friends in Florida. Now, we were in the panhandle, um, but it was completely sold out. And um, business was as normal as you would have seen it during any spring break in years past. And so that's happening, particularly in places like Florida and places like Arizona. And now it's even beginning to pick up in places like Southern California, where they've had further restrictions. And so we're seeing that. I think that's going to carry us through the summer, no question about it. And my hope is, is that the folks who are traveling with their families for summer vacation then recognize, hey, I can reopen my office. We can start back with business travel. And the fear that we have um, doesn't prevent us from having business travel into the fall. Because, again, that is the critical time period to see if we're going to return to any level of normalcy. And Rupesh, as you know, even if occupancy does begin to return with business travel, rates are so low right now, it's going to take a couple of years for us to get back to those 2019 levels. Yeah, absolutely. And, and now the government is saying by May, we want most of America to be fully vaccinated. Um, do you think that's going to happen? I do. I've been saying this for a few months. If you just look at the pace and the rollout of the vaccinations, you'll find a few interesting trends. Now, one caveat to what I'm about to say, the U.S. is looking into, just announced, uh, looking into the J&J &J shot. And if that gets shut down for a little while, it's certainly going to impact um, the supply of vaccinations that are out there. But as you began to look at these numbers um, and you compare that with the American population and the percentage of the American population that said they're willing to be vaccinated, what I determined early on was that by the end of May, every American who wants at least their first shot, and in the case of J&J, &J, their only shot, um, would have it by the end of May. And so when you combine that number, which should be around 65 to 70% with the number of people who've already had COVID and have built up the antibodies, that's going to put you in the 75% range, which the experts say are necessary um, for her, herd immunity and to stop this. And so once we get there, then I think the confidence of all travelers will be back and the real reopening as far as across the board business travel events, uh, along with leisure travel, that really happens at some point this summer. Right, and, and as we gear up for summer, hotels are having a tough time now. We've had them for the last six, maybe eight weeks where we can't find labor to fill the demand of our occupancy. So one day, you know, like you were saying, weekday might be 40%, some hotels are 10% because of their, their season. 
And all of a sudden weekend shows up and they're at 100%, but they can't find the labor. I know so many hotel owners are saying, we're shutting down an entire floor. We're shutting down a wing because we cannot find the labor. We don't know what to do. What can we do? And what do you see nationwide as labor is an issue? And it's I feel like it's been an issue before the pandemic. And now it's a different kind of issue where we can't find anybody. Um, and a lot of people are attributing this to the um the support that the government uh, has towards um, maybe the benefits that individuals are getting, especially those hourly workers. Yeah, um, <laughs> this answer will take a little while because there's a lot here. Keep in mind historically, when I say historically, probably the three years leading up to the pandemic, this was the single biggest issue that people faced. It, you know, yeah, there were other issues out there. There's no question about it, but the industry was doing quite well. And the labor issue was was the primary issue. Uh, it also drove wages higher. So when I hear talk about you know uh, increased minimum wage levels across the U.S. as some sort of blanket policy, I remind people that um, the market had take, taken care of that in many places where market forces had driven uh, those wages well above what you would consider minimum wage. And so right before the pandemic began, began uh, at the beginning of 2020, we had about 900,000 job openings in the industry. And so that, again, was a problem that had persisted for many years. We're back to that problem again in many places. And you alluded to it a moment ago. Part of the problem is that you now have the private sector competing with government over wages. And we should, in a free market economy, we should never, ever, ever be in that position. When I say competing with the government over wages, I'm not talking about competing with government jobs, competing with government handouts over wages. And so in the last CARES Act, or the, not the last CARES Act, but the last act that was passed um, that provided that support in the $1.9 trillion, um, what they did is they extended that unemployment benefit all the way to September. Now, my problem with that is, is that it should have been tied to a national unemployment rate. In other words, once the unemployment rate dipped below a certain amount, um, they should have gotten rid of that benefit. Right now, the national unemployment rate is down to about 6%. Um, keep in mind, there were times um, late in 2020 or 2019 with the national unemployment rate get out of 3%, which was, a, which was a historic low we'd never seen. But it's about 6% right now, which is slightly above what you would consider the long-term unemployment rate in this country, which is somewhere between four and 5%. And so what you have, particularly in what we like to call starting jobs or entry-level jobs, is that the government is now paying people more money to stay home and not work than industry can afford to pay them to work. And so that is absolutely hurting our industry across the board, particularly in places like Florida. You mentioned a moment ago, I talked to some iconic hotels, I'm not going to mention their names, an iconic hotel in Florida that is only operating at 60% occupancy. They could be at 100%, but they're at 60% because they can't find enough people to keep rooms clean and enough people to service all the guests that are coming their way. So it's a major, major problem right now. Yeah. And it's cross, it's not just hotels. It's everything across service-based uh, businesses. It's restaurants, it's any, anything that has service-based that's a lot of hourly um, you know, employees or that staff member. I, I was in Arizona last week and, uh, or sorry, not Arizona, I was in New Mexico last week and we wanted to uh, visit this restaurant that was top ranked in the market. And we went there for dinner and they said, sorry, we cannot open for dinner. We can only do takeout because we cannot find enough employees. 
And I was shocked. This restaurant was a top restaurant in the city and they they can't find employees. Now think about that. And like you're saying, I, that iconic hotel that people want to work at is having a tough time. I think it's going to be a long summer for a lot of us, uh, especially those GMs that are cleaning rooms, that are working the front desk, that were doing things last year that they didn't think that they would do this year as the economy picked back up as we started increasing our occupancies. And, you know, in Florida, people are running. We've been running 90 to 100 percent occupancy for the last seven weeks. And it's been strain on the on the entire team where everyone's working long hours. Everyone's tired. They're exhausted. And I think that's just going to be the case this summer if something doesn't change. What needs to change um, as far as labor is concerned? Well, this is a really tough issue. And to your point, uh, Rupesh, I was in Phoenix a few weeks ago. Another job that, that is not being filled right now is rideshare. It was almost impossible to find an Uber or a Lyft. And yeah. if you did find one, you'd have to wait 20, 25 minutes for it to show up. And so even at that level, um, you, you're having an enormous problem competing with the government that's just handing out money um, at a time when, the, again, the national unemployment rate's down to 6%. Now, if you compare that with our industry, interestingly enough, in the accommodations uh, sector, unemployment's still at 20%. Now, here's the, here's the trick to that. It's very regionalized. And so, yes, in Florida, in Texas, in Arizona, um, you, you have an enormous problem finding labor. Uh, but in some places, uh, particularly large cities where they uh, their business is tied to conventions, like a New York City, Chicago, Las Vegas, um, that problem is not there because many of those hotels remain shut down or largely shut down because they can't have meetings, conferences, and conventions. So it's a regionalized problem. Our unemployment rate in certain areas still remains high, and in some areas it doesn't exist at all. So how do you fix that? Well, <laughs> that we are engaging with folks that we normally work with pre-pandemic. Uh, to talk about how wonderful the industry is to really make a big push. Especially, you'll see some stuff happening in Florida uh, here in the next couple of weeks to encourage people to join our industry, to talk about the flexibility, to talk about the opportunity, which I think is the key. Um, you know, what we need right now are people entering at starting level uh, wages and starting level jobs. But the opportunity, as you know, in our industry to go from starting level to mid-level and then to the top in just a matter of a few years is probably better than any other industry out there. And we need to tell that story uh, because there are people out there willing to work. There are people in other industries willing to come to our industry if they only understand the incredible opportunity you can have in hospitality to go from entry level to the top in just a matter of a few years. I think it's less than a few years. I think if you have that will and the drive and the effort to put in, you can get there even sooner. Um, and I think that's an opportunity right now as we're trying to fill many positions. Now, what we're also trying to prevent is the lawsuits uh, happening uh, because of COVID or because of whatever reason through the pandemic. Now, I know in Florida, just a couple of weeks ago, they announced that you cannot sue a business in Florida. And now 20 other, 20 plus other states have that same, um, have, that, have passed that same law. Um, What's going on with that? And then where can we see that happening nationwide to every single state? Really good question. Thanks for, for asking that. And I, I think this is a critical issue that some policymakers don't fully understand because this is one of the key drivers in preventing business travel from returning to normal. So there's a lot of employers who say, look, I'm not going to risk it sending my people on the road if I can face uh, harassing lawsuits over it or in many cases, lawsuits that have no merit to them. 
And so we've really needed this for quite some time. Now, I'm going to take you back to before the election. If you remember, there was long-standing negotiations between the House and the Senate when President Trump was still in office. And on the House side, they wanted money for state and local governments and for education and schools. On the Senate side, uh, led by Senator McConnell, they had a number of things that they wanted, but chief among them was a nationwide liability protection law so that there weren't these lawsuits against uh, folks claiming uh, that they, they deserve something from COVID. And so when the elections happened, particularly the two Georgia runoff elections that created the 50-50 split in Congress and McConnell was no longer the majority leader, what that meant was we weren't going to get a federal answer. In other words, Congress was not going to do anything about this. Um, the Democrat leadership said, we're not tackling this issue. So it then fell to the states. And so before the beginning of this year, uh, 2021, there were 13 states that had already done something about it. Keep in mind, most legislatures start in January, most, and they end sometime in the middle of spring. Many of them are ending right now. For example, Georgia recently ended. And so um, your key legislative time is it, it are the months that we've just been through up until now. And so we went from about 13 states to maybe 22, 23 states. You mentioned Florida was the, was the biggest one to pass liability protection in recent days. Arizona just recently passed liability protection. And we expect that Texas will soon be passing liability protection as well. And so when we get through, probably to the middle of summer, with most states out of session, um, we believe you'll have about half the country, about 25 of the states, um, who have passed some form of liability protection. Now, that's good. Our goal would be to get all of them. We recognize for the same reason that Congress is not passing it, we're not going to get every state. I mean, New York, New Jersey, they're not going to pass it. Um, but most states hopefully will pass some sort of protection so we can get that business travel going again so we don't have new, what we characterize as nuisance lawsuits uh, preventing people from getting back to normal. Right. And why are those states, those other states, why, why do you think they're never going to pass? Well, there are some states where the trial bar uh, is a lot more influential than other states. Uh, typically, Florida actually is one of those states, uh, but you've got fantastic leadership there. I, I cannot commend your governor enough for leading the way in getting your economy up, opening, uh, reopened, uh, and humming along again. At the same time, protecting the people of Florida. I ask people again, and you hear this term a lot, Rupesh, and it, it gets a little frustrating to me because sometimes the people saying follow the science won't actually follow the science. Just look at the numbers. If you look at New Jersey, New York, Michigan, places where they've had uh, businesses shut down, business, people losing their livelihood, uh, unemployment rates through the roof, hotels, restaurants never reopening again because of what I would call uh, the draconian shutdown measures that they have employed. You'll also see that in those states right now, um, the virus is actually spreading faster than in a place like Florida, a place like Texas, a place like Mississippi, a place like Arizona, where businesses are open again. And so I ask people, simply follow the science, look at the numbers, find out what works, what doesn't work. But what we know doesn't work is shutting down your economy. Because when you shut down your economy, the incredible harm that comes to the people beyond just the virus. I mean, you see drug use through the roof. You see uh, spousal abuse. You see child abuse through the roof. You see all these things that come along with a when people don't feel like they can provide for their family, uh, when people feel like they have no hope because their job is gone or they don't know what their future holds, bad things happen. And so shutting down economies have a lot of detrimental effect 
on, on, on our human population uh, in ways that don't get talked about a lot. And so the last resort should be a complete shutdown. And where we've seen economies able to stay open, but take the proper necessary steps to prevent the spread of the virus, those are the states, Florida chief among them, that are doing quite well. Right, right. And, you know, things that have shut down is business travel. And when will business travel meetings and events come back? I know I'm attending the Hunter Conference happening next month. Are you attending? I will see you there. Absolutely. I'm, yeah. I, I think I'm on two or three panels. So, yeah, I'm excited about it. Perfect. Um, when does meetings, events and business travel happen again? You think it's going to be a couple of years or you think, hey, you know, as soon as everyone's feeling good and everyone's out in summer and they see that, hey, the travel's easy. Um, business is going to feel more comfortable sending their, uh, their, their teams out. Boy, a lot of factors playing into this profession. Thanks for the question on this. Um, if you're, so if I call business travel, uh, let's split it down into the terms people understand blue collar, and white collar, blue collar, business travel, construction and things like that. That's already happening. In fact, that continued to happen all the way through the pandemic. So you're seeing a lot of that. And that's why a lot of your interstate based hotels, your non urban city center hotels, um, your extended stay hotels, why they weathered this pandemic better than some of the other sectors of our industry. If you're talking about white collar business travel that typically happens in an urban city center, that is um, still to be seen. And as I indicated a few moments ago, when office space opens up, you're going to begin seeing that. And I think when people take their family vacations um, and they realize it's safe and easy to travel, they'll start opening up their offices again. I had a CEO of a very large company. I'm not going to mention right now. He was telling me he was trying to get all of his direct reports together to come meet uh, at their headquarters. And it was interesting. He was saying, look, they're all on vacation uh, and they're all taking the families out on spring break right now, but I can't get them all to come to, in, into the office. And so I think once people understand it's safe, the offices will start reopening. We'll begin seeing some of that white collar travel. For small conferences, um, that is already beginning to happen, but it's mainly happening late third quarter, early fourth quarter. For large conferences, as you know very well, many of these take years and years to plan. And so one, if they've canceled, they may not be coming back for a couple of years. Um, two, some of them are out of business. There are some organizations that relied heavily on conferences and they just closed shop and couldn't make any longer. Um, and so I think the large conferences and conventions, you'll begin seeing some of those third and fourth quarter, but you're not going to really see those return to normal until late 2022, 2023. And so those are kind of the segments all the way from blue collar business travel to large uh, meetings, conventions. And we're kind of all over the map with those, with those different type of travel. Right. Right. And, along with the convention hotels and the maybe the airport hotels where now things are going to pick up um you know what else how can people get involved to support their region support their state and then just support the industry nationally well you know it's really interesting this year and one of the reasons you're seeing this leisure travel pick up the way it's happening is because for the most part international travel is still shut down yes there are a few places you can go uh, but most people don't want to hassle with that because of all the testing on both sides of departing and returning. And so they're saying, hey, I'll just stay here in the United States. And that's what I think is leading to a lot of uh, domestic summer travel that you haven't seen before. And so I, I think that's really helpful and really important. Uh, of course, we've got to fix this labor issue or, or we're not going to maximize the returns on that. And so, yeah, that is happening right now. But what my big fear is, and I've said this all along, is what happens post Labor Day if we don't have the large meetings, conferences and conventions, which I don't think we will, 
And if business travel does not return, and that remains to be seen, and I'm talking mainly urban white collar business travel, the last thing we want to happen is those urban city center hotels sitting empty, sitting vacant as they are right now in many cases. And so, uh, because with those hotels, as you know, you have enormous food and beverage operations that employ a lot of people. And so we want to get those people back to work as quickly as possible. We continue to work on legislation that is hotel only specific. Hopefully it'll be introduced in the coming days that is geared specifically towards helping hotel employees, helping owners, get their people back to work again uh, quick as quickly as possible, being able to deal with some of these wage challenges that we're seeing in certain places. And so we think we need hotel-specific legislation. And so the entire industry must remain united. Please work at your local level, especially if you're seeing something with respect uh, to the liability protection in certain states where we don't have that yet. If you're in one of those states like a Florida, uh, or in Arizona where they recently passed it, send a note to your local representative thanking them for supporting that and telling them how important it is. And so these are the things we need to be doing right now. And the best way you can do it with AHLA, of course, is sign up for hotelsact.org. Um, it's free, it's fast, it's our grassroots tool that we use to communicate from you to your elected officials. Again, it's free and fast. You don't have to do anything except click a button to say, I agree with that message, and then we'll send it from you to your elected officials. And it really, really helps us. I mean, during the pandemic, we were able to send out over a quarter of a million messages directly to elected officials uh, from folks who'd sign up with hotelsact.org. Uh, we wanna get that up to half a million this year. Um, and believe me, that moves the needle. So hotelsact.org, again, it's free, it's fast, and it really, really helps our industry. Well, Chip, it's always a pleasure speaking with you. You know, you've helped us weather this pandemic and you just helped to support the entire industry as we built you you were in washington you fought for us you've got all the all the support behind you um for those that are not supporting or a member of the american hotel logic association how can people become a member and what's the benefit for them to become a member well go to ahla.com first of all is the is the easiest way to do it um if you're a branded hotel every major brand is part of ahla just make sure that you you pay your dues uh, they're extremely low and I, I can't stress this enough, Rupesh, when we're all talking with a single unified voice, which is what AHLA represents for the entire industry, we have a much better chance to be heard and a much better chance to get things done. If we're all split up talking in many voices, asking for many different things, what policymakers will typically do is say, you know what, you guys get your act together and when you do, I'll, I'll listen to you. And so it, we, we must remain unified. We've been able to do that um, throughout this pandemic Keep in mind from the very beginning when we were able to get the affiliation rule waived that allowed PPP money to go to every single hotel, no matter what your ownership group, um, that was a huge victory for us. When we were able to get the, um, the, the rule that extended the flexibility on repayment and paying uh, covered cost all the way to the end of the year during 2020, that was an enormous victory for us. When we've now had over 20 states pass liability protection, that was a huge victory for us. And so when we were able to pass uh, employee retention tax credits, big, big victory for us. When we were able to get um, the, the per diem rate frozen for 2021, and we're about to hopefully get it frozen again for 2022, again, enormous victory for our industry that meant, meant hundreds of millions of dollars going to the hospitality industry. This only happens when we speak with that unified voice. And so please become part of AHLA. There's many, many reasons from education to certification to discounts, to events, to thought leadership, to being a part of our industry as far as setting uh, the, be the best policies, 
All of that is important, but unifying behind one advocacy voice at the state level, at the local level, and especially in Washington, D.C., is the most important reason to be part of HLA. And we need everybody pulling in one direction, right? You can't have half of us pulling and the other half standing on the sidelines. Everybody needs to be pulling. And when we do that, we have a much greater chance of success. Well, I, I love your support. I support you wholly. And, you know, with over 55,000 properties in the United States as members uh, within, you know, your organization, um, I know there's so many people that are appreciative of what you've done for the industry this past year as we've all struggled. Chip uh, Rogers, it's always a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much. And I hope to talk to you next quarter when we get some more positivity. I loved all the positivity that we had uh, that's going for us this summer. And hopefully, you know, the next time I talk to you, we'll have even more good news for us. Chip, it's always a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rupesh. Always good to be with you. All right, talk to you soon. All right, guys, that was the interview that I conducted yesterday morning as Chip Rogers had to fly out somewhere. And, uh, and you know, he, he brought some really good points as far as what's happening to our industry. And, you know, they're behind us as we all continue growing. Guys, if you love Chip Rogers, please follow him. Somebody at Chip Rogers, tag him in the comments so people can follow him. And um, I think it's powerful that we continue bringing him on. So every quarter, I'm going to be bringing on Chip Rogers to talk about what's happening in our industry because, you know, we need to stay on top of all these different things, including these lawsuits. Like, I'm so happy that our state and, and we're going to try to push for every single state to get that liability protection for your business and for yourself. Like, you don't want a guest coming into your hotel and they get COVID or they think they got COVID from your staff or your hotel and all of a sudden you have a lawsuit uh, pending and that's not fun. And so, you know, this is what American Hotel and Logic Association does. They support our industry. They're an advocate for our industry. They they represent us in what we want. And so if you liked this episode, somebody hit the like button right now. And guys, thank you so much. I'm super excited that you could join us through this entire conversation as we all continue growing and supporting. Guys, there are three ways. And by the way, hold on. Um, pull this up real quick. This episode is brought to you by smartguests.com. Somebody put www.smartguests with an S at the end.com in the comments right now. And uh, please support our, um, our sponsors and that they're sponsoring this, this episode. Thank you so much to Smart Guests. And guys, there's three ways, or actually four ways, you can support me um, as we provide this free content to you every Wednesday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, there are three ways. All right, the first one is if you want to get notified every time I go live, and by the way, this summer and moving forward, I might do some lives without being on Wednesday. It might be like on a Friday where we have some fun and and uh, just get a little loose and, and, and have some good times and bring on some amazing people like Chip Rogers. If you want to, please go to my website. It is rupesh.co forward slash show. Enter your name and enter your email address there, and you'll be able to get notified every time we have somebody amazing on, and that way you'll never miss an episode. All right, that's that's the first way. The second way is, of course, follow me here on LinkedIn. Um, YouTube is Rupesh, or actually it's youtube.com forward slash Rupesh Live, where all episodes, all 85 episodes are there for you to enjoy, learn, and grow with. Um, and then, of course, if you're not in front of a computer, you're, you have your phone and you're driving, you can also find all these episodes on my brand new Spotify uh, profile, which is anchor.fm forward slash Rupesh CO. 
And let me, uh, there it is right there. Uh, it's anchor.fm, which is a Spotify company. Um, and you could download the podcast and listen to it anywhere in the world. Uh, super excited about that. And of course, you can follow me on Instagram. And I don't have my Instagram handle pulled up, but it's instagram.com forward slash Rupesh CO. And guys, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here with me. And uh, next week, we're going to have somebody amazing on. And we're going to learn something. And as we all continue growing and learning, please take care of yourself take care of each other, and be happy and happy for each other, guys. Thank you so much. After this episode, we're going live on uh, Clubhouse like we usually do. So we'll spend about five or 10 minutes on Clubhouse. If you need a Clubhouse invite, download the Clubhouse app. It's only for Apple, um, iOS, and then send me a direct message. I'll invite you to this private-only um uh, platform. So we usually go after the show, we do like a five or 10 minute conversation afterwards, getting people's take on the conversation that we had. Guys, join us on Clubhouse right now. I'll see you next week. Talk to you later. Bye. All right, Clubhouse.